Hey, this is Andrew Q from the New England Black Wolves, and you're listening to Outside the Box Podcast. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box Podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are back. It is episode number 90 of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Kyle Bennett, OTB Herm, through the voice line because your boy is running on three hours of sleep. He is a trooper. So tweet at him, follow him, and let him know how much you appreciate him for banging out this podcast for you with little to no energy. Yeah, yo dudes, what's up? Um... Yeah, I was going to preface it before, but Kyle hit it for me. Three hours of sleep over three days, not ideal, but we're here. We're going to grind right through it. We have a lot to talk about. Big episode. Andrew Q. Oh, what a freaking beauty. I'm so excited to get to that interview. You guys should be excited. Stay tuned for it. But, I mean, dude, lacrosse is growing. Tonight I was was at Open Hockey, and I got to talk PLL with some of the guys on the bench because they were – just excited to have the ability to finally watch lacrosse on television and i was i mean obviously i'm the biggest pll hype man east of the mississippi down here in virginia because you sign autographs i signed plenty of autographs they they probably should have asked for my autograph but they didn't (laughs) i mean should have signed their sticks i should have i talked a few on them by the end of the night i was buzzing tonight dude i was feeling myself a bunch of the junior kids down here came out and skated with us and i was just teaching them a lesson really i really missed that uh period of my life but you know what i digress huge episode i'm stoked to be here and you know what i'm just gonna keep repeating myself since uh you're stoked to be here you guys just can't you can't hold this against me tonight it's three hours one of those it's gonna get weird it's gonna get weird i might say some wild shit just stay tuned because it's just what happens when you're delirious but like herm said Our guest for this episode, which is our New England Black Wolves season preview, our friends up at Mohegan, we're going to be joined by the rookie, the number three overall pick, Andrew Q. Thanks to our friends at Signature Lacrosse. Make sure you go to our page on their website, signaturelacrosse.com, slash pages, slash OTB. You get that exclusive pricing on all your lacrosse equipment, merch, anything you need. Holidays are right around the corner, Herm. We're 20 days away from Christmas. Hanukkah's approaching. Kwanzaa's approaching. Go hook your, your family, your significant other, whoever it may be, with that exclusive pricing from our friends at Signature Lacrosse. I'm so glad you remembered my menches, my fellow Hanukkah uh, celebrators and people who also celebrate every other holiday of course but uh, before we kick this one off actually uh, since we're on the new england topic we haven't mentioned this on the podcast but we got to give a huge shout out to our boy tyler who ran new england social media for a long time moving on from the team did a phenomenal job with what he did up at mohegan sun for both the new england black south jersey guy son he's a south jersey guy he's just an absolute beaut my guy's adulting he's done a lot of big things these last few weeks and he's he's got a bright future in the media industry especially what what the xfl is going to bring to the table so she just wanted to give him a huge shout out because he he, he did a lot for us as a podcast it was tough it, i think that we often overlook now because we have a lot of access to a lot of teams through people we've made relationships networking with and everything and but... networking and such but i mean tyler was one of the first people to really give our podcast and us a chance and really just show outside the box off to the world especially the new england black wolves fans so we could 
I mean, it's the least we could do to give him a little shout out and little OTB bump for his uh, movement into the XFL and in future endeavors. So uh, he'll we'll we'll stay in touch with him. But hey, this uh, new media person for New England's got some big shoes to fill. I mean, he did a great job. Absolutely, shout out to the homie because you know I got to meet Tyler for the first time last year uh, when he came back down to Philly with Jen, who's now with New York, uh, and also shout out. To Amber Cox, she's the VP of the Black Wolves. She also supports the show, listens to the show. Um, we have a, a big, you know, awesome relationship with everybody in New England, and we're very thankful for that. And uh, we love talking about the Black Wolves. So let's yeah, keep that's this not thing to say pumping. This episode's going to be very biased or anything, but it's going to be very biased. It's going to be a lot of fun, but uh, a lot of kind of you know moves that they made this off season, most notably with. The pick that was acquired from the Philadelphia Wings for Kevin Crowley, they turned it into Andrew Q. He's your predicted rookie of the year, Herm. How do you think he's going to fit into this forward group with guys like Callum Crawford, Stephen LeBlanc, a guy I really love in Jordan Durston. They've got you know Joe Resitardis, who they traded for last year, and he you know is staying obviously. And then, you know, the the second tier of guys that they're going to be switching lines out with like guys like Tony Malcolm, who they brought in this year, Riley O'Connor. The list goes on and on with this forward group. And then you add Andrew Q into this group. This forward unit for New England is going to put up goals. Yeah, the kid is nails. I mean, it's not going to take much for him to transition to this league, in my opinion. I think that he's he got a nice long summer out of the way. In the other in the other league, and now I think he's going to be able to transition into the NLL game really quickly. I mean, he's a big body; he knows the floor very well. He he is one of those just natural box across players, in my opinion. And you know, I mean, there's something about having a signature twig in your hand that just puts you head and heels above everyone else in the league. Something about that nice wide pinch and uh, getting it going. But uh, beyond. Uh, the equipment he's rocking i think andrew q's just gonna tear it up this season in my opinion rookie of the year without a doubt i think that's no no pressure or anything but uh i think that he's able to put up numbers and really send this team on some runs because new england's one of those sneaky teams i mean they'll maybe struggle for a week or two and then they'll come back and they'll go four weeks in a row of just terrorizing whoever they're playing so i think that he helps bolster up this roster a ton and i'm I'm just so stoked to see him get back out on the floor out on the floor and see what he can do for the new england squad and you know i listed off a bunch of those forwards but this team also had a lot of turnover via free agency via the expansion draft they are losing the following guys that i think are big keys to what this team was able to do last season you look at a guy like, uh, you know, we talked about him on the last episode, Alex Bouquet, going to New York. You know, he was a, a quality backup for Doug Jameson, stepped in when he had to. Goalies are gold. We say it every time. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of attack this goalie tandem, knowing now that they don't really have the experience behind Doug Jameson. Some, uh, some forwards that are gone. Tyler Digby, another guy that is up in New York, just got named uh, one of the assistant captains. Today, uh, he was huge for them. He's also one of our pals, listens to the show. So shout out to Tyler. Congrats on being named assistant captain in New York. But that's you know point production that you lose it in Tyler Digby, but I think you can regain it in a guy like Andrew Q. You lose Kevin Buchanan. He's now with the Wings. Ryan Fournier on defense. You know, there's some some big names that this New England team lost, and I'm intrigued to see how they kind of attack replacing it certainly i mean you lose big names you you want to replace them but it also just means that guys they need to step up uh if if it's possible uh for me a name that steps sticks out joe recitardis i think my guy is he's seasoned he's ready to get after it and i think he's ready to fill a role that could potentially lead to more points and really just put the team on his back it's a heavy it's a heavy burden it's a large weight to bear but I think that he's one of those guys who can do it. He's a locker room guy. He's a glue guy. And he can really do something to help progress this. It's a tough situation. There's no way to sugarcoat it. I mean, you lose big names, point guys. It's t- going to be tough to put up offense. And especially in a league that just keeps getting stronger and stronger every year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I just think that Joe is going to be able to do something 
really important for this team. Now you bring up Joe Resitardis, who is one of my favorite players in this league. Started, you know, with Rochester last year and spent the majority of his career with the Rochester Nighthawks and got traded about midseason. Played seven games with New England last year. 13 goals and 11 assists in those seven games. In 10 games with Rochester, he had 15 goals and 28 assists. So the point production just coming over to a New England team where he's surrounded by, you know, the talent that is Callum Crawford, Stephen LeBlanc, and the guys that are on the front end of this offense, I think that's a three-headed monster like we talk about in Toronto with, you know, the four or five guys that are going to be putting up big points for them this year. This is a, a making of a three-headed monster in Resitardis, Callum Crawford, and Stephen LeBlanc that all can push for 100 points if things go their way. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you brought up my boy Callum Crawford. This is a guy that I've been high on since the first day we talked about him, and it's never going to stop. I think that he has some of the most talent of anybody at any time in the NLL. He's, he's an old soul. I mean, he's an older guy in the league now. He's a veteran. He has the ability to really take some of these younger guys and throw them under his wing, especially a guy like Q-Ball, who might need a little bit of structure because this, it's tough. It's tough to play in this league where you're only playing on the weekends, you're traveling a ton, and you need some mentorship uh, from a guy who's been doing it forever. Uh, similarly, I think that we're going to see something really cool come out of a guy like Riley O'Connor. I think that he's going to be able to take this team and just run with what he's got and be one of the leaders in the locker room, a guy who's not afraid to speak up and really just control the outcome of what this team can do on and off the floor. Yeah, Riley O'Connor had a career season last year with 76 points, put up 27 goals. You add him into the mix too. That's a, you know four guys right there that can put up you know at least – in my opinion, 85 points for this New England team. And this league, you want offense, and if you can score, you're going to be dominant. And that also counts doesn't count two points that uh, you know Riley scored in the playoffs as well for New England. But this team last year had their bumps and bruises. They went nine and nine in that East Division. Uh, you know they put up 213 goals, but they allowed 223. They were damn good at home, seven and two at Mohegan, two and seven on the road. And we talked about this a lot last year once we started kind of diving into some metrics. Mohegan's a different type of floor. The floor is smaller. It's more compact just because of the arena that they're in. And I think that gives New England an advantage at home. And then when they go on the road, it's a lot more spacious and they kind of have to adjust where other teams are used to it. And that's where the downfall kind of played, I think, in their away record last year. Certainly. I mean, there's something about Mohegan. They just, they're super energized there and they're just ready to get after it. But, like, I mean, we, uh, dude, we're like seven players in now and we haven't even brought up Brett Manny. He's the first person to really point out that Mohegan's an advantage unlike any other in this league. Obviously, I'm really high on what the Coliseum is going to be for the New England team or for New York team this year. But I think that Mohegan is just very similar. I mean, this place, first of all, is rocking. Their barn is just one of the best ones for fandom and people getting after it. Secondly, the floor. You're right. It's completely different. It really does change the way that you approach the game. And a guy like Brett Manny is able to exploit that because of his, what is this? He's a 10-year player now in New England, and he has the ability to use the home field advantage to his advantage. Frick, man, this sleep's getting to me advantage to his advantage and uh, the advantage of playing lacrosse and uh, <laughs> Brett Manny is just going to do something big I mean it, I'm kind of disappointed we waited this long to talk about him but he is the only this is a stack you pointed out to me the only American captain in the NLL that is wild to me but also pretty sick the Canadians I mean let's be real it's, this is their game right now but um I mean, the American program is growing. It just shows what Brett's been able to do in his career since he came into the league in 2009 and then has really, like, made his mark when, you know, he got to Philadelphia and then they became New England when they relocated. He's been with this franchise now since 2011. So he is, you know, the face of this team. And for what he's been able to do throughout his career and just solidify his place, like, if there was a, you know, an NLL Hall of Fame, Brett Manny's a first ballot. Yeah, certainly. I mean, this is a guy who I wouldn't even say NL Hall of Fame. Let's just make a uh, box lacrosse. lacrosse Hall of Fame or lacrosse. I mean, 
there. Brett Manny is someone who's literally every single day of his life pushing the game and growing it through the grassroots, getting the kids on the floor, growing his program, growing himself and his brand. And I mean, it's admirable to say the least. He is one of the faces of the game and the NLL. And I think that he's going to be doing big things for the New England Black Wolves this season. Now, there's two guys I want to bring up for you. This is uh, the youngsters here. J- uh, Jackson, Jackson, Jackson. God, I am so bad at words. Jackson Nishimura. One of my favorite defenders. One of your favorite defenders. But then, not as young, but new to the league, Joe Nardella. These are two big Our names. Our boy. Our boy, of course. And But two big names for this New England team that I think people don't necessarily have a familiar face with yet or familiarity with at this point and I think that they could do really big things for this New England squad yeah I think Jackson Nishimura is going to take a huge step this season with New England last year he played 13 games had seven points uh and as a defender like you want to get as many points as possible that you can out of them so to get you know the seven from Jackson in just 13 games I think was huge 71 loose balls he is going to be a high-quality defender. Reminds me a lot of the style that Steph Charbonneau plays for the Wings. He's that kind of you know sleeker, quicker defender that is going to just be all over the floor. He's going to beat you with his speed, and uh, I really like what he brings to the table for this New England defense. And then, like you said, our boy Joey Nardella, Mr. Milkshake. We talked about the face-off position in the NLL last year when Trevor Baptiste got drafted and how that was going to kind of spurn a, a trend and really revolutionize how the face-off position is going to be attacked in the box game. And I think Joe Nardella making this team is a huge deal uh, just for him and, and for New England, taking a chance on a guy who is damn good in the field game, taking face-offs. And if they can bring you know just an aspect of that to the box game and have a dynamic face-off guy... We're talking about three teams in the East now that have legitimate talent giving you an opportunity right off the rip at the at the faceoff. Certainly. I think teams are going to have to bolster up their guys who are taking faceoffs because now that we have three guys in Woodall, Baptiste, and Nardella, all on the East Coast, first of all. All in the you, same division. Like all that, in the same division, right. That yeah, is going to change. To that's going to change the way just the East – division style of play i think right completely which is pretty sick because what one we just watched it change in front of our eyes this position just went from being something that was important you wanted to win face-offs you want to do well to we have to win face-offs and we want to have the best guy out there to win those balls so i mean this is huge i think it's kind of sick that we're seeing the east division change as a whole because the only way to compete in these games is if you have a face-off guy. If Trevor Baptiste was the only face-off guy in the Eastern Division, the Wings would roll because they would win possession probably 85% of the time during the game. Can't have that. You I'm... have to stick somebody out there who can compete. And in my opinion, it's not the field game, but Joe Nardella almost outperformed Trevor Baptiste this summer, and that's just my They were own two one and one A. Right. And... Here's a little comparison I kind of take into account with the face-off position in the box game. It reminds me a lot of kind of the debate in baseball where you have the DH in the American League and, you know, not available in the National League. The more face-off guys that keep coming into the league, I think the more just the league in general is going to prioritize having a face-off specialist on their team. And the East, whoever plays them, you know, they're going to play each other three times a season and then the one time for each other team. I think those three teams alone are going to have such a significant advantage against all the other teams that aren't in their division because they're not used to going against a guy who is, you know, just specifically specializing in that. Right. And I mean, for me, it's more like, I don't know where I was going to go with that actually next topic. <laughs> um, but you know, this new England team, they made the playoffs last year. And they they snuck in. They they were able to, you know, make it work as the, the four seed in the East. They they went nine and nine, like we said, and they lost in the first round of the playoffs. And, you know, it was kind of expected, but 
I'm intrigued to see now that this this Eastern Division is only four teams, how they're going to kind of attack the way they they go about things because it's going to be a little bit easier in terms of, you know, the familiarity factor where you can kind of game plan more for teams in your division where divisional games are going to matter that much more. So with this New England team, how do you see, now that it's not as big of a division, them kind of going about this division in the East? Well, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I think this is a battle of the bottom two between New England and New York. I think that the Wings and Georgia just have far too much talent this year. I think that their goal-scoring abilities are just freaking on a whole nother level. They each have defenses that can shut any team down. And I think that it's going to be a tough time for New England and New York to compete with those two teams in this division. That being said, I think that if they're able to win enough out of the division games, they could compete for a playoffs position. Certainly. I think that New England shocks us every freaking year. I don't think that we... I think there's many times that I count them out, but they're able to do something that just revolutionizes the way that I look at them. That was a horrible freaking way to use the word revolutionizing. Um, but you know what I mean. And um, I think that I think we might see something special out of this team. That being said, I can't I can't make a prediction about them right now and where I see them at the end of the season because this is a team that you really have to see play before you play six weeks honestly before you can be like okay this is what kind of team they're gonna be they're gonna be good on the road they're gonna be good at home what are they gonna do who are they gonna upset and how are they gonna upset them yeah and like we said i think getting joe resitardis back and having him for an entire season is gonna be huge just under this coaching staff and how they're gonna utilize him with guys that have been here and have been established having tony malcolm as a transition offensive player coming over from vancouver i think is gonna be big and then you know, Brett Manny leading that defense that doesn't have a lot of names, but they're damn good. And I think to have a guy who has that veteran leadership to really lead these guys along and a guy that we didn't even really bring up either because he just got a contract extension too is Adam Bomberry on that defense. To have a one-two punch with him and Brett is going to be big. This team has talent. It's just a matter of it all coming together. And I think they need to attack those road games too just the same way that they do at home. And whether it's, you know, going to a different facility to practice for road games or something like that to just get used to the expanded floor that they don't have at home you got to do whatever it takes because being two and seven on the road isn't going to cut it especially with the way the playout format is now certainly and i mean at the end of the day we got to look at this and realize we're comparing the best of the best here every one of these games is won by the most slim margin possible unless you're playing rochester it looks like right now um I mean, this it's insane. That's why it's so difficult to predict a team like this because although they don't have the biggest names, you can't you no, you don't have a Lyle Thompson, you don't have a Dane Doby, you don't have a Jules Henningberg or a Matt Rambo or a Blaze Reardon. You, you have a Joe Restatardis who's talented as all hell and he's made a name for himself, but you don't have a three-headed monster like the Toronto Rock do at so, least yet you need to see it come to fruition right and that's where I'm getting at is like you have a maybe you have a top two this season you have a top two in Callum and Steven but you need the guys around them like they can't do all the heavy lifting you need those other pieces around them to either elevate their game to that level completely or contribute in a way like a Jules Henningberg did late in the season for San Diego last year have a guy like Matt Rambo come on throughout the season and really peak when it matters. Blaze being a PowerPoint special or power play specialist and scoring on the power play. You need kind of those niche roles too to really like come into play. And I think they have the forward talent to do it to score goals. And then they just gotta be able to get back on that defensive end and really just find an identity to go along with Bomberry and Brett Manning. Certainly. And I think that this team will really form an identity this season. I can't see them making a lot of big moves at the end of this one. I think that we might see a guy like Callum Crawford maybe hang him up. I mean, he's he's getting into his, what, age, like 35 year now. So, I mean, he's he's getting up there. It's it's wears down on the body, but hey, you never know. But I, I don't think they'll see as much roster movement as they did this offseason going into the next season, which will really just help bolster it up and get them ready and prepared. I don't think they're a championship contender, but that being said, I mean, I've seen crazier stuff happen. 
And uh, I think that we're going to see some good lacrosse out of them. I think it's going to be a ton of fun to go up to Mohegan Sun and really experience that whole casino and freaking party scene. But until then, I'm just going to be riding this New England chill wave. And I think for a guy like Callum, who has been in the league for a very long time now, since 2006, but last year his first full season with New England, missed two games, and still had over 100 points last year. If he can play in all 18 games this year, there's no ceiling for what he's able to do just with the talent that he has. And I think he's poised for another at least 100-plus point season just the way that he attacks the game. 48 goals last year, a new career high by a landslide. 61 assists. The dude, like, he's like fine wine. He gets better with age. Yeah, he's a freaking Scorpio, too. You know, you have to respect that. Uh, fellow Scorpio over here, of course. Same. And, um, I mean, to be honest, I don't know any of the other signs. I just know that his birthday is two days after mine, so I'm assuming he's a Scorpio. But, uh, yeah, I think that I think that he's just the veteran leadership that they need in the locker room this year to maybe just push them into the right direction heading into the following season. And but, then uh, Stephen yeah, LeBlanc. Wine. Stephen LeBlanc, too. You know, he's he's older than most of the guys on this team, but 93 points last year. Definitely has the ability to score over 100 points this year. I mean, he's been in New England now for two seasons. It's just a bummer for New England that they couldn't have gotten these two guys just a little bit earlier in their prime to really just establish themselves as New England Black Wolves and kind of have that culture there from the get-go. But, you know, better late than never. And I think having those two guys kind of, you know, lead the charge, have young guys like Andrew Q have a guy like Joe Resitardis, the the sky is the limit for this New England team if it all clicks. Certainly, and I think just like any game that we see in the NLL, it's a game of runs. But it, now it's a game of runs, but like with the season. So and I think that New England's they're hitting the up curve here. They're they're slowly moving into it. It's um, is that the Pythagorean theorem? The Pythagorean theorem. Yeah, is that the one where it's like it goes up and does the wave? And they're they're doing the A squared plus B squared right now. They're almost <laughs> into it. I mean, they're going upwards. It's they're going in the right direction. Just keep keep growing at this exponential rate. That's a good word right there. Exponential. Uh, they're growing and they're on the right path. That's what I, you need to see. I think the big moves they made last year, obviously trading Kevin to Philly, and then bringing in Resitardis to essentially replace what Kevin Crowley was going to do production wise for you as that other big offensive piece. That was like their big move to really make the playoffs. Wouldn't be shocked if they make another move, but I think this team is very complete, and if they do make a move, it's going to be on defense. Certainly, yeah. Uh, someone just to bolster up the Brett Manny adam Bomberry combo, maybe throw out one more big-name big, big name defensive guy. But, I mean, hey, that's what Jackson might have the opportunity to do this season. I mean, if he's able to really make a name for himself and play that tight defense that we know he can, oh, I mean, forget about it, man. New England's going to be a little bit of a – bit of a wagon potentially that the more i the more exhausted i get and the more i convince myself of it i think that this new england team might be able to make a little bit of a run yeah this team's gonna be fun and what better way to keep me up for another hour i'm gonna have them winning the freaking championship (laughs) taking out the roughnecks in the saddle dome what better way to uh continue this excellent new england black wolves preview than with our signature friend andrew q the number three overall pick in this year's entry draft He is going to join us thanks to our friends at Signature. Like we said at the top of the show, make sure you check out our Signature Lacrosse page at SignatureLacrosse.com slash pages slash OTB to get your exclusive pricing on everything Signature Lacrosse. And without further ado, let's kick it to Andrew Q. So we're talking about our friends at the New England Black Wolves, and they just so happen to draft one of our signature lacrosse friends, teammates, whatever you want to call them. Our buddy Andrew Q, rookie for the New England Black Wolves, is on the line with us now to get us ready for what's about to go down at the Mohegan Sun Arena this season. What's going on, Andrew? Thanks for joining the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Um, really excited for... Uh to get things going here with New England, for sure. So first things first, take me through draft night. Obviously, uh, in Philadelphia, we were there. We got to connect a little bit. Um, but, you know, when you hear your name get called for, the, you know, 
third overall pick. What's going through your mind realizing you're going to be, you know, playing for the New England Black Wolves? Yeah, I mean, kind of a mix of emotions. Um, a lot was going through my mind. I like to, I like to joke. Um, well, I was walking across stage. I was kind of just trying not to fall down and make a fool of myself. <laughs> um, you know, a little nervous. A lot of, th- a lot of things. Um, but um, I remember kind of in the interview after, um, just seeing the look of my parents' face when when you get called and and the people that you know care about you and and that have put sacri- so many sacrifices into to getting you to that position was just a cool experience um not only for me but for them and and um and i had some friends and family there so it was just a cool night in general a lot of emotions though what's it been like kind of getting you know custom to this team a lot of big names brett manny callum crawford steven leblanc uh you know that have this this pedigree in the nll what's it been like kind of you know picking their brains to get yourself ready for this season well, I, they've done a uh, fantastic job of, of welcoming me and uh, and all the rookies and um, and like you say, they they have a pedigree, played in a league for a long time. So I think one of the things I consistently try to do is just learn from these guys um, and ask you know ask questions. Um, they've been they've been around for a while. They know the drill. So um, definitely one thing I try to do just just ask a lot of questions um learn, <clears throat> learn as much off those guys as i can and continue to try and try and mesh um and uh build the culture there you look at this forward group for this new england team and it's absolutely stacked you have yourself you guys bring in tony malcolm like we said callum steven a guy like Derek downs jordan durston you know the the team up front is absolutely loaded. To have that much depth at the forward position for this team, and that's not even naming guys like David Mala or Joe Resitardis, how exciting is that for you to just be able to, you know, have that firepower on this team in your first year to just go to battle and be able to put goals in the back of the net with such a talented group? Very exciting. Yeah, we've... Uh... We've had a few exhibition games now, and I think um, I think everyone knows up there that we have a ton of ability to put a put a lot of goals in. Um, and playing mm-hmm. playing with those guys has been been awesome. You know, just the skill level, the ball uh, zipping around pretty good. So, um, and I think that we have we have a lot of guys that kind of play different roles on the on the offense and um, and you know complement each other. But as a rookie, you kind of just you come in and and try to try to mesh with the guys as, as quickly as possible because you know you don't have a ton of time to do that before the the season starts, um, and you know just be a good teammate. So <clears throat> hopefully um, everything will will go well Saturday night. Get a win and and we can put a lot of goals in up there. You know, last year a lot of these guys didn't get a full training camp in, but for you to come in as a rookie, what was training camp like? That experience and just being able to you know, have a full preparation for a season? How much do you think it benefited, you know, your veteran teammates who didn't get a full training camp last season due to the CBA issues that the NLL had with the Players Association to get that in, be able to have kind of that that bonding time with a team for a full month uh, and to be able to have, you know, that connection with your head coach? Yeah, I think having the full four weeks is definitely uh, beneficial. We, you know, we got three scrimmages in against other NLL teams and I think like I said just not I'm not having a ton of time to get to know everybody on your team how everybody plays um I think I think having a longer training camp and uh, having the, the full four months is beneficial to everybody um and I think obviously getting to know your coaches and just the culture around the room um, builds as you spend more time with the guys and uh, play together. So, yeah, we're uh, we're hoping that uh, it's it's been enough time and uh, ready to go Saturday night. Now, you're the only guy on this roster from Oakville, Ontario, and you also are from a, a non-traditional kind of lacrosse school. You went to Tampa. How cool is it to have you know two cities like that? 
being able to back you that are, you know, on the rise in lacrosse when it comes to, you know, the state of Florida and then a city like Oakville who is, you know, rabid with lacrosse. Yeah, it's really, it's really cool. Um, you, you'll see a lot more Oakville guys, uh, obviously coming out and, and, and playing. Now the, the minor program's really building every year. Um, so there's, there's a lot of lacrosse talent coming out of Oakville now, but, uh, I think I think Tampa as well as it was pretty cool coming down here. Obviously, love my experience um, at school. Still staying down here um, to this day because you know you just can't beat the weather down here. Absolutely. And, uh, and I've got a lot of I got a lot of friends down here, right? So and I love to golf. So, um, but this is the spot spot for me at the moment. Um, and yeah, Tampa Tampa is just a great area. But uh, I, I think that you're gonna you're gonna see on the Oakville side a lot. Um, you you hear a lot of names coming out of there now that it continues to to grow. What's your uh, what's your favorite golf club to use? Favorite golf club out of my bag? Which club? If I'm picking one? Yeah, if you had to just you know take one one shot of a ball out on the course, what uh what what's your go to club? I mean, I always love smashing the driver, but. Um, if it, if we're going, if we're not going driver, I'd have to say my my fifty degree wedge. If I'm 130 yards out to, to at the pin, fifty degree wedge. That's that's my money club. You love to see it, man. And you talk about Tampa, and that's where our friends uh, at Signature Lacrosse are are kind of headquartered at. You know, you're one of the the faces of Signature, along with guys like Dane Smith. Uh, what went into your decision to you know become a Signature athlete? Yeah, so um, major thing was that I uh, my buddy started the uh, started it. So actually, funny, I played with uh, Dan Soviero, the owner of Signature uh, at Tampa, for a short time. Um, as a freshman, he was a senior or junior, and then um, he stopped playing. But he ended up starting uh, Signature um, after college, and I that was one major reason. Um, and I have a couple other buddies that work there as well. So they've been really good to me. Uh, I like their product and, uh, and, uh, I think their head is great, a great box head. And, um, overall just treated me really well. So been happy there. Yeah. They sent us a couple of, uh, the player sticks to, uh, you know, kind of mess around with. And it is one of the, the nicest lacrosse sticks I've ever, you know, been able to play with. Absolutely, fully, fully agree. And I think it, it's pretty cool too because Signature is the official ball of the National Lacrosse League. Uh, to be able to you know use their products on game day, and you being a Signature athlete as well, how cool is that? You know, being able to to test some of these products out as well, uh, to have that familiarity with you know the balls you're going to be using throughout your professional career in the NLL. Yeah, yeah, for sure, gives you a little edge, I'd say, but. We used them at school when I was in Tampa as well, um, and I know that they're trying to produce a grit ball that's um, kind of in a test mode right now um, to use in, in the pro, in the NLL. So uh, we'll see how how that goes. <clears throat> Have you been able to you know take a look at those grit balls? I know a lot of players around the league uh, use them in scrimmages and got a chance to you know take a look at them, mess around with them. How'd you like the the style of you know the grip ball and the the texture of it, the weight? I know some players told me that uh, they're a little bit lighter than your typical lacrosse ball. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the grip. I like the grip. Um, and in the MLL, they play with the orange ball with the grip as well. I, I've always been a fan of the grip as opposed to um, just the, the classic white. I think that in the exhibition games when we did. Um, go over it and use that that uh, green ball that Signature's coming out with. The tough thing about it was is just the color, right? Because you're picking it up off the turf, so it's kind of tough to see a little bit. Um, and I think that's one thing that's going to change, and, and they're going to modify that a little bit. Yeah, that I think that was the, the biggest concern, was just being able to see the ball out on the floor, especially with every team having a green floor in the league um you know as you head into your rookie season though what are you most looking forward to uh in year one 
Well, I'd say, I mean, just this weekend coming up, I take one game at a time, but I'm really looking forward to this weekend. Uh, you know, a game in Toronto, the debut, I'm going to have a ton of friends, family there. Um, so that's going to be exciting, exciting time. And, and just to get to know, to know all the guys. And, um, I know that there's a, a great culture in the locker room. Um, for from all the, the older guys and I can see it through training camp. Um, good. I know about half the guys already. So, um, just, you know, build that chemistry, that culture in the locker room and, and, um, go from this weekend out and take it one game at a time. What do you think is going to be going through your head? You know, the moment you put that, uh, that new England black Wolves number 42 Jersey on, uh, for the first time when you're in the locker room, you know, what's that excitement level going to be for you? Oh, that'll be about as exciting as it gets. Um, I, it's just, it's, it's kind of tough to measure that. I, I mean, I'll be really excited. Um, definitely cool cool to open up in in toronto as well uh i mean i grew up going to rock games had season tickets right so we were um we were always around the the air canada center there uh i'm pretty yeah so i think putting that jersey that helmet on is going to be a really cool experience walking out on the floor any significance behind that uh that jersey number why you wear number 42 you know, it's funny. I I went to the Hill Academy, and and out of the hill, um, the number you wear is forty five, if you can, right? So, um, I always I wanted to wear forty five after after my year stint at the Hill, but um, it was taken when I by a, a junior or senior when I when I got to to Tampa. So I kind of just picked a number that was close to forty five, and. Uh, hoping to get 45 at one point and then uh i think it was an exhibition game pre-season i was still wearing 42 and um i guess the announcer just said uh 42 andrew q and it just you know it rhymed and i i guess i just i liked it and kind of stuck with it that's exactly what i was thinking you know the rhyme factor plays a big part and I, I think that's huge when it comes to you know picking a jersey number there's got to be some sort of you know significance to it and I think Q42 is a perfect like tagline you know marketing thing for you so good jersey selection there bro yeah it's funny I never wore it until college I I always wore either 11 or 21 and uh and then yeah just just in college it, it kind of came up that I I picked randomly and then I, I liked it the rhyme factor is great <laughs> and see 11 was my number when i played sports growing up so we we, we are on the same wavelength here man um i, yeah, I like where this is going great. um you know and just from a, a coaching perspective with your head coach what have you been able to learn so far from him and you know what he's expecting your role to be with this offense uh in your rookie season yeah no uh Coach Clark has been has been phenomenal. I've learned a lot just being there for the month, um, and and uh, and Coach Gibson as well on the offensive side. But I think um, you know the coaches just preach a lot about hard work, and um, <clears throat> the biggest thing is just is that is that hard work aspect. And it's not so much just just the skill. Um, you know, if you're a New England Black Wolf, you're going to work as as hard as you can because. You know, in the in the league, there everyone's just so tight that you're not going to win games on skill alone. And uh, you know, the hardest working team's going to come out come out with a win, and that's what they continue to preach preach to us. So, um, I I, uh, I think that we're just going to come out work as hard as possible and, and uh, see how it goes Saturday night. You look at this uh, this East Division now. You didn't get a chance to to play last season, obviously, this being your rookie year, but. With the divisional realignment and everything going on, you look at you know this division that you're going to be a part of playing against teams like uh, Philadelphia, Georgia, and New York three times a season. The talent in this East division is absolutely stacked, in my opinion. I'm very excited to see how this division plays out. What are you most looking forward to when it comes to you know playing in this East division that is just absolutely loaded with talent, top to bottom? Yeah, uh, I think that all the games will be really competitive. I'm excited for for all of them. Um, I mean, obviously, playing at home um, is pretty cool. Been up to the—I've only been to the Mohegan once, but 
Um, great facility there. Pretty pretty cool atmosphere. So uh, I'm most excited, obviously, to play at home. I think that also playing in New York would, will be cool. Um, just the, the new arena, the expansion team. Um, and But, you know, just equally excited for, for uh, every opportunity to play. And I, I got to think that, you know, obviously it's far down the line, but that March 7th game in Philly, right across the street from where you got drafted, that game's going to be uh, pretty exciting for you as well. Oh, absolutely. I think that'll be a, that'll be a good one. Um, I, I have a lot of buddies um, that play for Philadelphia as well. It'll be, it'll be a fun game. Overall, you know, your thoughts on just how this league's been able to grow. Obviously, you said you grew up with, uh, you know, Toronto Rock season tickets and seeing the way that the NLL's just been able to evolve and revolutionize the game of lacrosse. How cool is that as you get set to, you know, lay your brick for the first time in this league and kind of try to set your mark and let people know who Andrew Q is? How cool is it to see just, you know, the evolution of this league from when you were a kid growing up to now as you're a player? Yeah, it's very cool. I think that, um, you know, going to those games uh, growing up, you're just you're hoping for the opportunity one day to play. I remember the the Air Canada Center used to really get rocking. They, they packed that place. Um, and just, uh, I mean, obviously being a rookie, you, you haven't experienced uh, too much of the evolution of the league, but here from the old guys and, and from the vets, right, you just, um, you, you're excited about where it's going and, and the, the continual growth um, of the sport of lacrosse. So definitely excited about it. What can you say to your new fan base? You know, this, this New England Black Coast fan base is, is unique. They're one of a kind. They, they love their team. What can they expect from Andrew Q uh, being the newest member of their team as they get to, you know, familiarize themselves with you and, you know, learn to understand your style of game and what you bring to the table? Yeah, I think that um, definitely just going to try to be, be the best teammate I could be um, and, you know, mesh with this, this offensive group um, as well as be, uh, you know, defensive minded where, uh, you know, taking a shot and, uh, and stopping transition the other way. But I think um, overall, just uh, we're going to have an exciting group up front there. And hopefully um, you will we'll, uh, score a lot of goals and uh, get a lot of wins for the fans. And what are your kind of, you know, your given expectations to these fans to let them know what the 2019-2020 Black Wolves are going to be able to do? Obviously made the playoffs last year, didn't really finish where they wanted to, but your message to the fans on what they can expect from this team uh, this season. Well, I think, like I said earlier, just we'll go out there and work as hard as we can every single game. Um, and I know that uh, coming up short in the playoffs is obviously not the end goal, just to make it to the playoffs. Um, I think the goal for 2020 or 2019-2020 uh, season is, is to bring a championship back to New England, and I don't think it should be any other way. You love it, man. I love the confidence. I think you are going to have one hell of a season. Uh, you guys get set Saturday, December 7th, 7 p.m. up in Toronto against The Rock. That's It's going to be an exciting game. I'm looking forward to it. Wish you nothing but the best this season. We'll definitely have you on again. And uh, it was great having you on the show, man, and wish you best of luck in uh, you know week one and season number one in New England. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Shout out to our buddy Andrew Q for hopping on the show And as always, he's a signature pro as well So uh, shout out to Signature for uh, hooking that interview up And uh, it was a lot of fun to talk to him Gotta play golf with him when we go down to Florida sometime Hit the golf, or, oh jeez, hit the country club Maybe uh, they have a gym there too, Crunch crank out some of those bicep curls if you go uh look at signatures instagram my guy he's yoked doesn't miss bicep day once i mean probably four times a week gotta crush it chest biceps legs are less important once a week but my guy what a freaking beauty he's he was a hoot that was a great interview 
Uh, I wish I could have been there, but uh, Kyle, as always, doing the honors. I mean, you guys are getting some great content out of this. And, um, dude, I can't wait to get Andrew on some vlogs this year and just see what we can do through Signature and maybe pump out some more content with him. Ton of fun talking to him. Had a blast. Andrew will definitely be on the show throughout the season. And uh, their season, Herm, gets started Friday up in Toronto. Very awesome game for Andrew Cusiard in the interview. Was a Toronto Rock season ticket holder growing up, so he gets to make his debut where he grew up watching the NLL against the Toronto Rock. Do you think he'll throw the game? <laughs> no. I feel, like if I, was, I feel like if I was like a NHL player and we were playing the Bruins, I would throw the game every time we were playing the Bruins. I think it's going to motivate him even goal. more. I think it's going to give yeah, him no, extra probably. added motivation to go out there and put on a show in front of his friends and family. You know where that per diem's going, too. <laughs> All to tickets for the family. Nobody's nobody's making money on this deal he's gonna pay for all their tickets and then because he signed that nice little ticket he's gonna have to take them out and go show them around town for after the game <laughs> let's break down this schedule though Herm. like i said they kick things off saturday night in toronto and then they go to saskatchewan and then they end their december schedule uh after a bye week back home in new england uh against new york how do you see this uh first three games for new england playing out i think Going to Toronto is going to be tough. I mean, it's never easy to go and, and play the Rock. Just they're, they're great. They have a great fan base. And Toronto is just a tough place to play. Similar to Saskatchewan. It's a freaking loud barn. Their fans are probably some of the best in the league. I mean, I'm going to get chirped for not saying they are the best. But, you know, I'm big wings guy. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be tough, too. But I think that they're able to take down the Riptide. So I think they're going to go one and two. I think it's a modest way to start the season. And it can only go up from there. I have them going two and one. I'm not going to reveal who I have them beating, but I think they beat New York. Uh, because we <laughs> I'm have... going to tell you who they're going to beat, but they're definitely going to beat New York. Kyle, fucking tell me who they're going to beat. We have, we have our pick segment later on in the show, so oh, I'll get to it there. Uh, now I get it. Uh, kicking off the new year, though, they have a, they don't play a game, New England, until January 18th. But Herm, January 18th kicks off. Six straight home games for New England, but in the month of January, they only have two. So we're going to group all of these home games together on this six-game homestand against Philadelphia, Georgia, Vancouver, Philadelphia again, Rochester, and then they hit the road to end the month of February in New York. How does this play out these next seven games? Uh, well, it was seven or six. Six at oh, home, the and then the one on the road. Okay. Where are they on the road? Halifax? Uh, New York. Oh, now they beat New York. All right, I have them going 5-2 and two here. I'm not going to tell you who they're going to beat, but I think that they split with Philadelphia and they beat Vancouver. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, you know, these divisional games on their floor are going to be huge, obviously, with four of them. New York, Philly, Georgia, Philly again. That's got to be the time where they take advantage of, you know, this home floor advantage that they have at Mohegan. Uh, I think they go 4-3 and three in this stretch, though. And, uh, you know, because divisional games can get crazy. I think they'll end up losing to Georgia. I think they'll split with Philly. Uh, I think Vancouver comes in and pulls an upset. And they'll go to New York and they'll win at the Coliseum. Yeah, you know, I was saying I think about, like, having – runs or whatever in this league and i think this is their real opportunity to go on a nice run because of all those home games in a row little uh travel day in between to get back to new england they play that friday february 28th game and then sunday march 1st kicks off their march slate where they have a ton of games march 1st march 7th march 14th and 15th march 20th and then march 27th here is their schedule from there they're home against Halifax, then they go to Philly to play the Wings, then they go to Banditland to play Buffalo before they come back home to take on the defending champs, the Calgary Roughnecks, on the back end of a back-to-back, which is going to be rough because it's a 7 p.m. game in Buffalo and then a 3 p.m. game in New England. And then March 20th, they are in San Diego, March 27th in Georgia. What is that, five games? So, Holy hell. That is an all oh, six, six six games because six of the back to back in the month of March. That is 
awful. The boys are going to be beat up. This is this is where the uh, downslope. So they have the six games at home plus the one on the road, seven games on the upslope. Now they're whatever goes up must come down. I think this is where they struggle. I think they win two games here. I I couldn't tell you who they beat, but I think they're able to pull out two wins. I'll have them go three and three because. You know, things happen, uh, back-to-backs get wonky, but I'll, I'll give them a 500 record in this stretch because I think they'll be able to pull it together. The trade deadline, I believe, will be in this area too, so they could get an upgrade either on the offense or defense and add somebody into the mix. I'll have them go 500 here. That's freaking tough, man. That's a lot of games in one month. I mean, you get beat up, and your body, your body starts to feel it. I mean, come game six of March, they're going to be – they're going to be taking some ice baths, doing whatever recovery they got to do, maybe rubbing a little lotion on those legs or what, what? I don't even know what the hell I'm freaking saying anymore. So They're to, winning it all. To They're fin- winning the championship. To finish out their season, three games in April, and uh, rounding out a four-game road trip will be April 4th in Colorado, April 11th in New York, and then they come back home April 18th to take on the Georgia Swarm. I have them going two and one in the final month of the season. Yeah, I I could see them taking down Colorado. However, I mean Colorado that barn's great at home. I think I mean this these picks obviously don't really freaking matter. So I'll I'll take them two and one as well. I think that they take down New York. I think they sweep New York on the season. To be honest with you, I think they'll have their number, and then I think they play Georgia really well at home. They so do. I can see that win. I could I could see that happening. How do you have New England finishing? I think their peak is finishing, you know, if everything goes completely right, everybody stays healthy, they have an opportunity to finish second in the East. Middle of the pack, they'll be a wild card team. That's where I think their floor is. I have them as a potential wild card team, fighting with teams like Buffalo or Halifax, some team in the West that ends up third in that division. It's going to be tough, but that's where it comes into play. Take advantage of the home games and then figure out ways to win on the road. Yeah, I think I'm feeling similarly. I don't necessarily think they have an opportunity yet to be one of the top two teams, but I think they'll be fighting for a wild card. And I also think that it's going to be a very similar season to what they had last year. I think that we're going to be shocked by them at times. I think they're going to shock us in bad ways at times as well. And I think that they're going to finish close to 500, maybe a game or two up, but it's not going to be a complete blowout season for them yet. I think they're on the road to it, though. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be a fun season in Mohegan and with the New England Black Wolves. They get started this week. And Herm, what better way to kick off our pick segment with a little bit of an announcement? Our picks this season will be brought to you by our friends at Design Tree. It's where you get all of your OTB and Underground Sports Philadelphia merch. DSGentry.com. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia. You'll be able to find all of our merch. Cop it, wear it all season long. Right now, while you're listening to this, still have our Cyber Monday deal going on. 20% off at checkout with the promo code Cyber Monday. Check out our friends at Design Tree. Herm, it is time for the picks. Kicking things off this week, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, New York heads to Halifax for a battle of the expansion teams. I like Halifax in this game. We saw how that barn was buzzing for that inner squad game. It's going to be tough for New York. I think they keep it kind of close, but Halifax pulls away late and wins this game. Buddy, this isn't even fair. The Halifax fan base is the best in the league right now, in my opinion. And I think that this opening game is going to do numbers for them. So, yeah, poor freaking New York having to open up there because they, they're a young team and they have a ton of talent. But, dude, any team that was going into Halifax is losing this weekend. That's just, I mean, you could... You could put the all-time greatest NOL team together, and they wouldn't be able to take down a Halifax team in this barn. Big fan of all these East Coast start times this week, uh, but it's going to be fun to have you know this game start a little bit earlier and have a spotlight on these two teams because I'm very excited to see what they'll both be able to do. 7 p.m. slate, we've got two games. New England heads to Toronto. Our boy Andrew Q going up against our boy Challen Rogers. Herm. I'm taking New England to win this game in an upset. That's that's bold. It really is, but I respect it. I do. 
but I'm going to ring that bell, and I'm going to. I, I got to take Toronto. My boy Alec Tolles going to lock him down on D. I think that Nick Rose between the pipes is going to be something else, and a three-headed monster is just ready to eat. So, yeah, I'm taking the Rock in this one, but uh, it's going to be a great game. I mean, New England will play them tough. They always do up in Toronto, and I think that we. Uh, I think we see a good little game there. Little prop bet here for you. Does our boy Andrew Q score his first career goal in this game? How much are you betting? Let's bet a hundred Monopoly dollars. I don't possess any Monopoly dollars currently, but um, I can take this deal. I I would say, uh, what are we setting the over one and a half or just just does the, he score uh, first goal? Oh yeah, yeah. He's gonna I score. agree. I, think I would set the if we're just on the ball line here. One and a half. I think I'm going to take it over. I think he tucks two or three. That'll be fun. Uh, I'm basing this all off of hashtag podcast science. So Andrew Q is going to have a hell of a game. The The other 7 o'clock game going on in Banditland, an interdivisional game as well. San Diego heads to Buffalo. This game is my game of the week. I'm very excited for these two offenses to go head-to-head with each other. You got Big Frank going up against Matt Vince in the Nets. This game's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited to see how this game goes. Who do you have pulling this one? Uh, I mean, I can't take any team that goes to Bandit Land. I think that the Buffalo Bandits pull this one out strictly based on the crowd. I think that they're going to be amped to get out there. And, I mean, today we had a little Dane Oh, excuse me, guys. We had a little Dane Smith video drop on Signature's page. So <gasps> he's going to take that B Flamingo Energy big flamingo energy right into the weekend and really just tear apart this uh, seals team herm i'm feeling bold bell, i'm right? gonna ring that bell brother san diego's gonna go and pull a one goal upset uh i think the offense for this team is loaded we finally get to see westberg uh in a seals uniform after he sat out all of last season in calgary i think this team is very very fun uh you're not as high on san diego as i am but I think this is a one-goal game. It's going to be back and forth, and it's pretty much who's going to have possession of the ball with one minute left in the game will win it. I think San Diego pulls an upset here, and uh, Buffalo falls to 0-1, unfortunately, I mean, for our boy Dane Smith. I think that you're misconstruing my words. It's not that I'm not high on San Diego. I just don't like them. You know? <laughs> uh, but those are our picks. So Herm and I are both going Halifax. I'm going New England. Herm's going Toronto. And then Herm's going Buffalo. I'm going San Diego. Like we said, this season, our NLL pick segment is brought to you by our friends at Design Tree. Make sure you check them out on Twitter at DSGNTree and DSGNTree.com. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia and use that promo code CyberMonday for 20% off your order. Comfy t-shirt, boy. Absolutely. T-shirts, hoodies, crewnecks are coming. It's going to be comfy season all nll season long with our friends at design tree we've got some big stuff dropping too so stay tuned this is all out of our hands too we announced it sorry it happens but um just stay tuned because it's it's sick merch guys you're gonna want it i'm biggest merch capsule we've ever dropped on the network and i mean let me tell you i'm going to be buying at least $150 $150 worth of merch, and that's just for myself. And you're using that promo code, too, Cyber Monday. I'm using the promo code, employee code, pro, every code I can use, <laughs> but, I mean, Hermit, go buy it. It'll help pay our bills. I think the only other bit of NLL news we have is just the updated Alterna Cup standings since your Roughnecks took down Vancouver. They're in first place in the Alterna Cup right now. We don't have another Alterna Cup matchup until late January, so... Calgary's going to be in first place for the Alterna Cup for, uh, you know, the whole month of December. Calgary's going to be in the first place of the Alterna Cup, the NLL Cup. Every freaking category you can put uh, ever, Calgary's going to be number one. Uh, Most freaking kills, Calgary. Uh, Yeah, just the boys, they get it done. Dane Doby, don't let Biz chirp your beer gut. It's attractive. It's a man gut. Not a beer gut. It's a man gut. That's what that's what a true captain looks like. You love to see it. Curtis Dixon, Superman, he's out here flying on the freaking floor. Oh, dude, I'm so hyped. To and see our what boy Christian Del, can do. Christian Del Bianco, Del Bianco up for uh, NLL Player of the Week honors. Well, yeah, you freaking saved 70 shots, basically. What was it, like 62 shots he yeah, saved? it was up Absurd. there. Absurd. I mean, that's how you pack... 
Patton? No, no, no. Pad the stats. Pad the stats. That's what we're looking for. There we go. You're fixing. You're you're doing something. Okay, guys. That that with me not being able to speak words anymore, it's just we're gonna crawl it at night. It's bedtime for Herm. Um, I got to give a huge shout out to my uh, boy, first of all, actually, uh, Coach Eric Finley, um, supporting me, mispronouncing words. I really appreciate it. You know, your your support means the world to me because, um, you know, it, it's a hard world when you uh, struggle at the words on the podcast sometimes. And support is all I need. So a little bit of housekeeping, too. First off, shout out to Andrew Q for jumping on the show this week. Meant a lot to us to take time out of his schedule to, uh, you know, preview this New England Black Wolf season as they get set to, uh, you know, start this season on Saturday. Shout out to our friends at Signature Lacrosse. Make sure you go to our page, signaturelacrosse.com slash pages slash OTB. We'll be back early in the week next week with just a, a kind of recap show, potentially a, a fun special guest as well. And then Friday, our final season preview of 2019-2020. With our Philadelphia Wings and a big-time guest, you do not want to miss it. And that's why you should be following us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at OTBLaxPod. It's been a wild ride. A lot of people finding the podcast because of these uh, these season previews. So you should subscribe to the podcast as well on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. We haven't said it in a while, but if we get to 100 five-star ratings and reviews by January 1st, Herm's going to read all of them on a separate podcast. And if you don't have an iPhone, you can listen to us on Spotify, Google Play, Anchor, the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn, a whole bunch of other apps as well. Overcast. Overcast, Herm's go-to. You always so forget it, buddy. I do. I'm an overcaster. So make sure you it's, check it's us out way of life. wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, like I said, this team in New England is going to be a lot of fun. Shout out to our friends at the Black Wolves and uh, – can't wait for Saturday night. Bunch of lacrosse going down, and uh, this season is well underway. So, again, thank you guys for uh, all the support. 90 episodes of this thing. Shout out to our friends at Design Tree as well. We'll be back early next week. So, for Herm, I'm Kyle. This has been episode 90 of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. We are signing off. Peace.